Greetings and welcome to another edition of Out the Box Talks. I am your host, Krill. This is episode 93. Thank you for being here with me. As always, you know, I got a dope guest on the show and we're going to make it happen. So uh, before I do that, though, before I bring in my guest, I do want to make a couple announcements in regards to Out the Box as always, you know you can find us on outtheboxmedia.com where you can get access to all of our previous episodes, you know, all the way dating back to 2009 when I first started doing interviews and putting them up on YouTube. So definitely go check out the website if you haven't gotten a chance to. Also, you can subscribe on that website for free as well. Also, we have our merch page, which is outtheboxmedia.bigcartel.com, where you can find this Out The Box tee and other merch. We got those MC Over Rap tees up on the site as well. Uh, if you are feeling the merch and you, and you like what we do, definitely feel encouraged to support us. Uh, a little goes a long way, man. We appreciate whatever you can support. You can also support us by... Sending donations to paypal.me slash outtheboxmedia. You can also send donations to Cash App at the cash tag outtheboxrep. And you could also become a Patreon member if you would like to get exclusive access to uh, interview clips that no one has heard unless you are a outtheboxpaid the Box paid Patreon member. It's only about $2 a month, so definitely... A reasonable fee and honestly like I said in the last episode I wish I could just give it to you all for one fee but the subscription model doesn't work like that so even if you subscribed and after a month you said you know what I don't know if I want to continue subscribing I'm okay with that even though I'm not encouraging that I would hope that you continue to stay subscribed but really and truly, I'm only saying that because I want you to get access to these interview clips. You know, I I, I do a lot and take a lot of time to get these clips to provide this exclusively to the Patreon subscribers. So, yeah, man, if you can subscribe for however, however long you decide, go ahead and do so. I really appreciate that. Um, and also, I do want to mention that if you are checking this episode out, via youtube you can uh hit the subscribe button at the bottom if you're not subscribed yet and you can also catch this episode and all of our previous out the box talks episodes on the audio podcast platforms like anchor spotify apple google podcasts overcast stitcher generally where you would find audio podcasts and it's the high quality audio podcast as well because the audio there sounds a little bit higher in quality than the one on YouTube. So definitely go support those platforms. I wanted to get that out of the way. I also wanted to say that, um, you know, the, the equipment that I use, in case anyone is interested in picking up some of this equipment, if you're trying to start your own podcast and, you know, you want to branch off and do your own thing as a podcaster yourself, uh, some of the equipment that I use is uh, available in links on my YouTube page. So if you go to the description of the YouTube channel of this video, I'll have links up where you can get access to the um, 
the board that I use, the Rode Podcaster. And I got to say, this board has been definitely one of the best investments I've made uh, in the last year or so. Well, I got it in early 2020. And it's one of the best investments I've ever made. Um, it makes so much sense. It's so, you can do so much with it. And the quality is like no other uh, interface device I've ever gotten. So um, I think it's on sale currently as well. And like I said, I have the Amazon link that you could go link to. And I also linked this uh, pod mic. They're both road merch. So I just wanted to share that because I know people are, you know, interested in doing like podcasts and, 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 and might be interested in getting equipment. So I wanted to share that. I uh, never gotten a chance to put y'all on to that. But um, yeah. So like I said, man, I got my guest for the night that I'm really excited to t- talk to today. He is actually hailing from Chicago, the city of Chicago, Illinois. And uh, he put out his debut album this year entitled The Color Blue. And I got to say, I think I first heard about this album on Bandcamp and as soon as I started listening to it, the tracks really grasped my attention. It has a very inspirational, uplifting vibe to it. He's talking about, you know, the, the album is very, like, people relatable to. Like, if if you're someone that's trying to pursue dreams to uh, make it in music or just with whatever dreams you have beyond the average day-to-day duties that a lot of us are stuck in, uh, this album is really inspirational on that level. And um, yeah, man, it it's, it's, has a very rich, soulful sound as well in terms of the production. So I'm really excited to chat with him today. He's been putting out music since about 2017. He put out an EP in 2018 called Enjoy Life. And he's been featured on websites like OKPlayer.com, HipHopDX, and Ear Milk, to name a few and this album that we're going to talk about today recently t- hit 200,000 streams. So it, it has been growing. So like I said, man, uh, I'm really excited to chat with this brother today. So without further ado, I want to welcome to our Out the Box Talks viewing and listening audience, my homie Hailing from Chicago, Illinois, the MC himself. Welcome to Out the Box, D2X. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure, man. It's a pleasure. How are you, man? What's what's going on at this stage in your life? <laughs> I'm doing good. Um, just trying to take things a uh, day at a time. Um, and, you know, just trying to balance, uh, you know, everything in life from, uh, you know, my dreams, my aspirations, everything that I, I love to do. And, you know, just balance it with family life and, you know things like that so word, word. Been, been pretty smooth dope dope and happy belated birthday Thank i you. know you just uh, celebrated a birthday so big ups to you man and you know congrats on making it another year man it's always yeah, a blessing, blessing. <laughs> that's right that's right so like i said man i want to talk about this new album the color blue uh really dope album but before i jump into that i always like to give artists a chance to give the audience 
some insight on, you know, how you got started on this journey. So tell the people what made you decide on pursuing hip hop as a music career. Uh, well, first off, like growing up, I was always into music, um, you know, from even early on when I was like four, four years old. I remember like the first artist I started to hear um, when I first started hearing hip hop. Uh, I remember I heard 50 Cent, Get Richard, I Try. <laughs> this is like 2001, I believe. Yeah. And then I remember hearing like Biggie, um, like on just seeing it on the TV as a kid. And then as I got older and older and older. Um, you know, you had like on demand on uh, Comcast where they, they played uh, music videos like MTV jams and even like music choice and stuff like that. So then that's when I started to really get into uh, learning more about like Lil Wayne and T.I. and Young Jeezy and stuff like that. And then as I got older and older and older, I kept learning more and more about hip hop. And, uh, and then to find out that my favorite artists of all time were like artists like Jay-Z, J. Cole, Nas, um, Kanye West, you know, uh, Common, and nice. many more. Um, so starting off early from when I was a kid to high school, and I really became a big fan of hip hop. But before I was even thinking about doing music at all, I was playing basketball throughout, like throughout my entire life. Um, anywhere, I think I started playing basketball when I was about six years old. Then I got to take it more serious, like middle school and high school. Um, and, uh, I was all conference my senior year. I got nominated for the McDonald's all American game, my senior year in high school. And then on to college, um, that's when things started to change a little bit. You know, I had options where I could have played basketball little parts, partial scholarships, um, division two, II, division three, NIA, NAIA schools. Um, I had a little bit of division one interest, like my sophomore and junior year, but we had so many players that went on to like play division one college basketball. Some even had NBA opportunities as we speak now. And that I really didn't really have a, you know, the chance that I wanted to have until like my senior year. And it was already for me kind of like a late, a late spurt. So once I got into college, um, I went to Western Illinois University. I graduated uh, the summer of 2020. And um, that's where I made my decision my freshman year. I was contemplating, like, did I want to walk on, walk on or not? Um, I talked to my friends about it, talked to my sister about it. And I kind of came into the conclusion that, you know, um, you know, just the NBA dream that most kids grow up with, you know, where I'm from, especially in the city of Chicago, so much talent, but there's not enough room and space for everyone to even get the opportunity to get that contract or even just level up, you know, even playing overseas. So I was kind of being just trying to be realistic with myself, mm. understand that, you know, you know, how really how close am I to really, you know, being close to that dream? And once I figured that out, I just realized that, you know, I needed to figure something else out. So I think music was the number one thing that came to mind. And just off the simple fact that that was the best way to, for me to um, express myself and tell my story and be vulnerable and just, you know, kind of apply the things that I grew up on listening to 
because I felt like that that made me who I am as a person and my personality. And that's when I started making music. It was the fall of 2016 was my freshman year in uh, college. And then from there on, it's, it's been, you know, growing since. Wow, man. Tell me, when did you start getting comfortable with writing rhymes? Like, when did that become a thing for you? Well, uh, it wasn't hard, but it was also a mixture of things. So um, starting off, I was just testing things out, playing around. Uh, Snapchat was very popular at the time Mm. compared to what it was now. So uh, I remember the first, I never, I think I never told anybody the story either. Like (laughs) the first time I ever like recorded anything, you know, Either it was a recording on the phone, video, whatever the case may be. 21 Savage dropped uh, No Heart. Um, and I actually had put it on my SoundCloud. It was a freestyle that I did to the uh, No Heart beat. Mm. And it was nothing that I would put out today, but it was just me testing um, with myself. Like, you know, just, oh, let me write a rhyme or let me just rap anything and freestyle it and see how it sounds. So I did that um, on the computer. Then I started using this site called uh, BandLab, something I randomly found. It was it's kind of similar to um to uh, dang I forgot the name. It's it's the the recording uh, software that you could that already comes on the Apple products. Mm. Forgot the name of it. Oh, you talking about GarageBand? GarageBand, yeah. yeah. So it was basically the same thing as GarageBand, and I just started recording on there. And I just started using beats that I found. Um, I did, uh, I know I did uh, this Fabulous joint called Level Up. Uh, another Fabulous joint that Fabulous did with Lil Uzi Vert. It was an instrumental from this song called uh, Go Yard. I think it was Go Yard or Go Yard Bag or something like that. Mm. I just kept doing beats. And, you know, it was, to me, it was just fun. But I was also realizing that I was, I was kind of trying my best to continuously trying to find my sound and back then 2016 was very heavy on like the soundcloud wave mm. so i remember it was times where I was, I was even trying that out um so really just starting off it was the process of trying to learn what what like my vocals really fit on the most and also just having fun at the same time so through that time period i just was using like freestyling as a way for me to kind of grow Mm. Then after that, I started really getting deeper into just writing any kind of songs um, from turn up to anything introspective. And throughout, you know, throughout time, I started to get a little bit more and more comfortable. And then, you know, going into 2017, I started going to actually going to the studio and recording songs. Uh, And like the first one I had put out was in 2017. It was a record I did called uh, Surviving in America. Mm-hmm. It's still on streaming now. Um, you know, and I plan on leaving it up there forever just to show people, you know, how, you know, it's, it's you never perfect starting off, but if you put the effort into it, you know, you can make anything happen. So I think that was my first, like, leap of faith, putting that song out and, you know, the dope, rest is history. Dope. Yeah. dope. Well said, brother. Tell me about your name. How did this name D2X come about? Uh, it's just my first and, and last name uh, initials. Um, okay. And basically, I just put two Ds together. 
Um, I like that. And it was also, I think, I think I really came up with the name just trying to figure out like a new t- uh, Twitter handle because I was trying to switch it from uh, my old name that I had from playing basketball and stuff like that. So trying to get rid of my real name and just put my artist name. And that was the first thing that came to mind. Um, I was also thinking about like DMX. Ah, and, um, okay. Just for the simple fact that it didn't make me feel bad that like I had a rap name with just three letters. <laughs> you know, um, I, I, that's the first thing I had really that came to mind. Um, I wish at first I was like thinking like, man, it, it could be something longer or something more clever. It's so basic. But then I'm thinking at the end of the day, like I think short and simple was the best thing for me to do. And yeah. Uh, also thought of it from like a branding perspective. I think it just sound sounded clean and something that I could stick with forever because it's still relating to my real name. So yeah, yeah. You know, I would have. It's one of those names that you wouldn't think off the bat that it's it has to do with your initials, right? <laughs> uh, it almost like it almost intrigues you to think. Um, that it has has some code to it or some type of underlying meaning to it. But I'm glad I asked because I I wanted to know. So thanks. Uh, So this new album entitled The Color Blue, uh, the first thing that stands out is obviously the blue, right? The hue blue. Uh, Talk to me about why you uh, chose to name it The Color Blue. What is it about this color blue that yielded you naming your album after it um one of my one of my friends uh from a few years back uh, he's still cool to this day but a few years back he had told me um he heard pharrell say something in an interview like when he sees mute when he listens to music or when he makes music mm-hmm. he envisions colors ah. so it always stuck to me for some reason and um I actually came up with that title like two years ago. Um, It was back in 2019. I was uh, just brainstorming. I had a bunch of beats. Um, And uh, track two, like Shine on the album, I had that beat for a few years. I never wrote anything to it, but I was just, uh, just, you know, just trying to brainstorm and knowing that I will get to it, you know, someday. But at that time, I was just in a, in a point and, you know, in a period of trying to figure out what, what I wanted to do next. You know, I had put enjoy life EP out. Um, you know, I wasn't where I was now, you know, and I still got a long way to go, but that was after that period, I was trying to figure out like, what could I, you know, what could I set myself up for in the future? So during that time period, 2019, I was just dropping singles, but I always had a project in mind. So, I just wrote the color blue down Um, a few times. It was actually like I had the title name, the color blue theory. Then I had the blue album. Then it was so many names with the color blue in it. And I was really, you know, through time, I was also trying to figure out what was it about that color that kept me wanting to just save it in my notes and and never, you know, Mm. and keep going back to it and never forgetting about it. So, um, you know, once time went on, I started to create the album, um, which was the fall of 2020. And I really started to search online, like what, what the meaning of the color blue is. And, Mm. and then I've seen like, uh, 
it meant like rebirth, uh, like new beginnings, uh, faith, hope, things like that. And it was also connected to like things that was like mentioned in the Bible, which mm -hmm. is like, uh, you know, deep in my faith. And it's kind of how I connected it all together. So for me, it was um, really just the thought of a new beginning for me and what the color blue means to me just looking at it it was just like a color it, it felt refreshing it was it was really me relating and connecting everything where you know where i was in my life and still where i'm at in my life now um the thought of just beginning like a new page a new passage a new journey and that's kind of how i looked at dropping my debut project um i kind of felt like i hit a reset on my career um because before 2021 i felt like Though I, I knew I had still had talent, still was getting opportunities or whatever the case may be, I still didn't feel like I was 100% me mm. um, artistically um, and just trying to apply my personality and my true feelings into my music until, you know, I dropped my project, which I, you know, that was my hope. And uh, I think over time, I just realized like that was, you know, just the meaning. It was me just trying to grow and, and be a new me. And so now, like I said to myself all the time, like 2021 for me feel like year one mm. and everything else was just the crafting stages, you know? So wow. though I'm still crafting now, I just feel like now I have like my purpose figured out a hundred percent. So I feel like things are only, only going to like grow from, you know, here on out. So that's, that's basically up. what the color blue means to me. Wow. You know, I'm curious to know, like, did you start writing the songs after you came up with the title or was it the other way around? Uh, I'm trying to think. You know what? I had I had that title written down for so long. So mm. it was nothing that I, I never uh, that I didn't get rid of. But I excuse me. I didn't know that my album was going to be called that. It was just an idea. Um, mm. really I was going to call my album hoops and I was just going to have more like basketball, uh, a lot more basketball influence and things like that. And, wow. um, I still, I still had the cover, but at one point I actually thought about like scrapping it <laughs> as well. Um, yeah. just from overthinking as an artist, like overthinking, like I had, I had watched the video the other day and it was, it was like just the overthinking process of an artist like when you stare at a paint painting too long now you start to like overthink the colors and stuff like that and that's kind of like the period i was in but um to answer your question the first song i wrote was day job i didn't have any intentions of it like being you know the color blue the album it was more so just a song and that was me trying to write out of the phases of like a i went on like a eight month uh writer's block throughout the time that was 2020 so that's when the pandemic hit yeah and that kind of played a role in that um because a lot of things started to shut down and 2020 the first half of 2020 leading up until like the summer was so tough for me because i literally felt like i had no content to put out at all mm. all i had was a photo shoot that i did at the end of uh December of 2020, the winter time going into the new year, and I felt like I had nothing, um, and it, it was a it was just a bad time for me mentally. Mm. Uh, but I got through it when I wrote that song, actually. And wow, I just felt like you know I'm just like 
I got a beat from producer, shout out uh, DJ Payne and, and Zay Scott. Um, and I felt like when I heard that beat, it gave me the feeling of like Mac Miller and Vince Staples, a record called uh, Rain mm. on his uh, Faces project. And that's kind of how if you hear like what I said on the hook, like it was kind of similar to exactly how Mac Miller said it in the Rain, rain joint. So um, I just started writing everything I was going through at the time, um, dealing with, um, you know, having issues with my pride, not wanting to, you know, do certain things like working a nine to five or whatever the case may be to help my career. And the thought of, you know, being too prideful because I just want to just make my music, you know, blah, blah, blah. But you got to realize at the end of the day, I had to understand that, you know, it's, it's growing pains and growing stages that, you know, just things that you have to do in order to help the things that you really want to do and need to do and what you Mm want to see yourself doing for the rest of your life. So, that record uh, was the start of the whole process. And then after that, things started to flow. I started to write more songs. And then by the end of the year, uh, 2020, I had about like five records and I just kept going. And then that's how everything just came together. And I started to keep looking back at the title for inspiration and I kind of implemented it through like certain things that I wrote through the album. And as time progressed, I really started to just connect this whole idea together that I had in my head, you know. That's real talk, man. That's what's up. So you alluded to the album cover a little bit earlier, and I wanted to talk to you about that. It it has, like, this animated street basketball cover, you know, depiction surrounded by this blue sky. Can you talk about the significance of the cover and and a little bit more of how you came to it and how it connects to this idea of the color blue? Yeah, um, so the cover for me was more so like a reflection of my past, but also not looking at the past as if it was a a thing that I regretted or anything, but more so um, a look at the things that I've, I've done and how it got me to where I am today, no matter what scale or what level I'm on in life. Just the simple fact that, you know, I also feel like it's important for us to go back and, and reminisce or just think and realize how far we came from our past. And to be honest, that keeps that keeps you going. Um, just knowing that if you got through this phase of life, then, you know, the things that you have set for you in the future is, should like shouldn't be even as difficult if you've already got past 100 percent, you know, of your worst days. So. For me, I looked at the cover and the idea that I had behind it was more so, you know, just being like a kid in, you know, a museum somewhere and just looking at a painting and and depicting like what could me reflecting on um, a story. And that story was me, you know, growing up um, outside every day in the summertime with my friends, uh, playing at the park, playing basketball. Um, And that was what kept us out of trouble, kept me out of trouble. Since I was in seventh grade, I was always, I was traveling the country, playing in different cities from like Las Vegas, um, so many other places I like I could name. Uh, you know, basketball helped me travel so, so much around the world. Um, even in high school, mm. um, we had, I remember I had experiences like having a tournament in Hawaii 
playing guys that was in the NBA, playing with guys that's in the NBA, um, AAU basketball, uh, Vegas, wow. uh, Bahamas. Uh, I've been to the Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield, Massachusetts. That was that was fun, amazing. I've been to New York. You know, my old high school coach, uh, coach in the Bronx at St. Raymond's mm. High School. Uh, we played them. Uh, <laughs> man, so many experiences, man. Uh, That's what's up, man. So yeah. many places I can I can name, and uh, just just talking about it right now is just making me reminisce, like on those days. So to be honest, like that's the meaning of the cover like me kind of just remembering where i came from and it'll help me get to where i need to go with this music thing and you know i try to apply that edge and that mentality that i had just playing basketball and learning from my mistakes that i you know that i made in basketball and just realizing you know now that i'm a 24 year old man compared to a 14 15 16 18 year old you know and now i i could realize you know the mistakes i've made and even the things that I did well and, and try to apply that same mentality with my art. And, you know, that was the color blue for me. Dope, man. I like that, man. Taking a reflective perspective so that you can move forward. Man, I I have to ask you, man, how tall are you by chance? Uh, 6'2". 6'2", all right. You know, yeah. it's hard to find out, like, how tall you are you know sitting here but you know what you talking so much about basketball i'm like yo this brother gotta be a little tall you know yeah. what I mean? but that's what's up man and that, and that's recent like that, that those memories to me aren't like 10 years ago you know what i'm saying they're like within that range you know under that so yeah man i i like the fact that you can look back at those moments and cherish them you know a lot of times we go through life just living for the next achievement and we can't stop and just reflect on the good that we've experienced so far man so i think that's dope that you were at least able to pause and then also express that on that album as you're talking about it it actually makes sense because i know you got the song called hoop dreams on the album so, but I didn't think that you would act, you were actually thinking of creating a full album with basketball references. But as you talk about your basketball experience and history, I could see something like that happening, even maybe if not now, but in the future for future projects. But uh, I wanted to ask you, like, this album came out in March of this year. And I feel like even though it's been out, that long i feel it's like what eight eight months now um I, I feel like you've been really working the promotion of it and it's been like gaining more and more recognition throughout the months can you talk a little bit about your marketing strategy that's benefited the growth of this project uh to be honest i've just been keeping it 100 percent uh organic mm. um you know first starting off uh putting a project out First thing we did was with my camera crew, my guys, uh, Chris Vergara, Zach Roy of 3DM Media. Um, they're a Chicago-based uh, camera crew, and they were they actually film everywhere, you know, throughout the country and even across the world. So my plan with the promotion was first starting off, I wanted to do uh, like a 
actually, well, we did a whole entire set. We went back to my old high school. Uh, I went to St. Rita High School of Cash, uh, Catholic school in Chicago, 79th Southside. Um, and I wanted to film like myself just going back to my old high school, um, revisiting the locker room. We went to, we went on the court, walked around the hallways mm. and the classroom. We got a lot of shots. Um, we probably filmed from like 3 p.m., 2 p.m., all the way to probably like seven or eight o'clock, nine at night. And I didn't get home till late. And I think I had like work the next day. But like it was amazing. Um, it was a feeling that I never felt before because I felt like I was the I actually was like the first guy off my team from throughout all four years in high school that came back and, and shot a documentary. And the school gave us the gave me the heads up on it. And it was just a special special feeling. Something that I never thought that I would, you know, even did. But it's crazy you know, to even think about it. Cause as I was a kid back in like seventh, sixth grade, I had a journal that I used to write in every single day, you know, when I came home from practice or whatever the case may be. And uh, I wrote down that I wanted to film a documentary one day. Um, me and my close friend uh, growing up, that was a goal of ours. Didn't know how, you know, we would do it or how it was gonna, how it was gonna happen. But just to be able to, you know, accomplish that, you know, it was amazing. So that was my main um, thought, you know, going into the marketing just showing people me, me being myself. Uh, mm. I'm still learning that because it's like, it's so many guys putting out music and, you know, so many new people yeah. that people discover every day, guys that's getting on a million platforms or they might have, you know, might be a part of a label or managing or just might have situations where they could tour or whatever the case may be or a social media presence. And, you know, the list goes on. But what I realize is like for people to discover me for the first time, I want to just give my story and for me to just truly be myself. And I feel like that's how you're going to succeed in this world, you know, Overall, you just got to be you and continuously be you. It's more so you got to really have like just a one way street tunnel vision with this music thing. You know, you you know, it's cool to admire other artists, listen to other music. But when it comes to me putting out my art and creating and then um, adding my rollout, you know, to the entire process after, you know, everything is out, I just got to stay focused on being me. And that's what people is going to like love the most when you be yourself. So I knew that. Um, so I put it out. Then after that, uh, actually, first it was a trailer. I was working out in our old uh, athletic gym. They had a new one at the school. Um, the school spent like $2 million <laughs> on the uh, on the athletic uh, fitness center that's connected to the school. And it was funny because uh, we were laughing about it. Uh, they said that it was a gift, a gift. Uh, we got so many like professional players that went to St. Rita that was in the NFL and MLB. So that was my first time in there, but it looked great. Like for, like for the camera work and everything. Mm -hmm. So I put out the trailer. Um, I posted it on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and then it went up from there. It started to, you know, gain a little bit of buzz. Um, and I'm like, okay, cool. So next, um, I dropped the album cover. I'm at work. Uh, <laughs> I was working at uh, Amazon at the time. I'm at work. 
outdoing deliveries, right? And this is like, I've been dropping music, like, you know, throughout, you know, four years or whatever the case may be. But when I dropped the album cover and I dropped the track list and everything, like, it skyrocketed. And I'm like, I don't know how, what's, what's going on. Wow. I couldn't even focus on doing my deliveries. Like, I'm in a truck when I, because I'm like, I, I can't, I can't, I'm not about to wait to the end of the night. You know, Amazon is, is all day long. I'm like, I'm not waiting to the end of the night to post this. So I waited. It was like 12 or 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm like, man, I'm about to post this cover. And I didn't know what to expect. I'm in the truck. I'm by myself, not knowing what, you know, what's going to happen. And it just started to shoot. And it just kept going and kept going and kept going. And I was so happy because I'm looking at my analytics and seeing the pre-save links just kept going up, kept going up. That's dope. And it was so, and that's what I mean. Like, it was so organic. Like, you know, I didn't put, I didn't put no money into that. Like, you know, obviously, you know, as a businessman and, and you put money into c- certain things or whatever the case may be, but that was just truly just from just, you know, how the internet works. And from that point on, I, I just was so excited that wow, people not knowing what this album sounds like, but they're loving the cover. And in my mind, I'm like, just wait till they hear the, hear the music. Like mm. the music kind of match it, and I'm just like, yeah, cool. I got them, I got them where I want them, and that's that's what I was thinking. So um, yeah, it came out. It, uh, uh, Hip Hop DX had had put up like album releases. You right, know, this I saw Friday that. thing. Yeah, and as Friday is coming up, this is after the cover. As Friday is coming up, um, somebody in Australia like leaked it. And then I just go on Twitter and people just start talking about it, like in Africa and Australia. It was Yo, crazy. That's crazy. Like, man, how oh man, this album, blah blah. You know, the best album of the week, blah blah. And I'm like, this is crazy. Like it was just yeah. growing, like on its own. You know what I mean? And that 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 right there was just clarity for me. Like, man, if I just keep going with this and just like I said, just keep applying my ideas and just being fresh, trying to add something you know, new to the game and like cover art for me is so important, man. I, I felt mm. like, I felt like that really helped me gain listeners too. just trying to just even investing in good cover art, you know, and uh shout out black sneakers for the cover. She got it done pretty quick, mm. like two, three weeks tops. And, you know, from there it's just, you know, now it's just like, you know, I'm just focused on the next thing, but that was that was a moment that I really realized like I can't stop making music. That's what's so, up. What can you tell me like like what feedback you got from the people who were like fascinated by the cover? Like what what was it about the cover that drew their interest that they've told you or have responded to you about? Uh I, I just feel like just the feeling it gives you. Um to me, um, from most people, fans, uh, people close to me, I think the cover is just it's it's great and it and it's like it's it's amazing how how simplistic it is, but at the same time it just has so much um substance to it from just the different color shades and even if you look down at, at the shoe, it's colors like orange and red and the mm. orange sweatpants and then each person is like blue and um, the sky is blue. And then you have like the clouds in the background, you have the basketball hoop, you have the basketball 
And, um, you know, I just I just think it was a cover that was just very soothing. And I think yeah. that's what most most people uh, told me that it was very soothing. Um, mm. And, you know, I just just feel like it really. And once the music came out, it really like connected and it became yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, it became uh, like full circle. Yeah. And, uh, I feel like that's and even from that point on, it, it helped me realize like, man, cover art is very important. Cause I know, like all of my, a lot of my favorite albums or projects, man. When you have a great cover and the music to match, like it's something that'll always live with you, and that's yeah, timeless. Definitely. You know? I don't know many bad covers that people hang on, like have hung on to, you know, throughout like history. You know, most of the most classic albums have like a memorable, memorable like cover, yeah, or just something that's just super like timeless and classic, you know. So. I feel like cover art is very important. It's also like a great, you know, um, marketing tool. And yeah. I think that's what I, I'm going to always have that in mind every album I create. And um, That's what's up, man. Yeah. And it, this, yeah. this cover art reminds me of something that you can see in a museum. Like it, it, it's like museum-esque. So um, that's dope. Have you uh, decided on putting out vinyl for this project? Because I could see... The cover art being a big deal for people who collect vinyl as well. Oh uh, yeah, uh, I've I've been kind of lingering about it, like talking about it a little bit on Twitter and my Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, but I definitely I definitely have it in mind, mm -hmm. and I do plan on uh, getting that uh, in order uh, sometime next year. I'll try uh, getting it set up for me to put it out and, and sell it, and for guys to just check it out. Uh, probably have it up on my official website that I try to, I'm gonna try to put, put together and like through Bandcamp And I think even Spotify, you could put up uh merch and, and to sell different things now. So mm. it'll definitely be available everywhere. And I do like have that in mind. I think that's very, it's going to be like very exciting. And I was like looking of like a preview of what it would look like on um, this one uh, distribution service I was looking at to put vinyl out, and it just looks like amazing. Mm. You know, even like me as a fan, I would I would love to get my hands on that. So That's I definitely up. have that in mind before I even put anything else out. I want to get the vinyl out for sure. So I want to talk about some of the tracks on the album, and I want to like go through them track by track. So let's start with the first track entitled Hughes it's the opener track on the song you say I just want to be a better me bringing out the best in me can't compare my life to to over there or people next to me so I had to think about that line for a little bit because in this climate of social media where we're consistently shown other people's lives and their imagery of progress and achievements. It becomes difficult for us to appreciate our path and be optimistic on our own individual journey. How have you been able to avoid those types of distractions? Man, you just gotta, you gotta take breaks. Um, you can't be scrolling too long. <clears throat> I try to, <clears throat> I think now that my schedule is a lot more like organized, um, just like work life and, and family and other things that I got going on. I kind of lately I've been really, really, really like taking breaks from social media. Um, I try my best to still be consistent. Um, 
and that I have my project out for so long. Like I feel like I don't I don't have to be on there 24-7. Also, obviously you still gotta be consistent as just a content creator or whatever the case may be. But overall, like you know, my advice to any artist or anyone that's just utilizing social media and you know, trying to take the good from the bad from it, like definitely give yourself breaks because if you just it's like it's, it's with anything, you know, if you if you do something for too long, it's going to affect you in, in some way, your mental. So I try my best not to be on there for too long, uh, take breaks, uh, even play the game or just do little fun things right. for myself, go on a walk or drive or just go somewhere and just spend time with myself, write a song, you know, because um, you could easily compare yourself to what other people uh, got going on. And, and there's nothing to be in a, a mindset or a mind frame, you know, that you're trying to shame or, or or talk down on someone else but you know just as people you know you never know what thoughts that might come up in your head and I've even seen other people deal with mental health issues and just issues with literally just self-esteem you know because you might be going through a rut or going through a rough period in your life that you feel like that's never going to end but it's overall it's all, always just temporary and um but when you see someone else doing really well, when you're in a, a, you know, in a bad time, or you might have something going great for yourself, you know, say, say you got five thousand streams, but you see someone else have three million or five million, right? Or you see, you starting up a company or a business, and, um, you know, you got you got a hundred followers so far, two hundred followers so far, and you're getting twenty ten likes, and you see someone else doing the yeah. same thing you're doing, and they get fifty thousand, hundred thousand, or even a thousand, you know, 5,000, you know, it's, it's a comparison thing, but it's, it's just, that's why I always say like, you know, it's cool to take uh, inspiration from people, congratulate others, but at the same time, you got to realize, you know, if, if you focus on more things in this world than yourself, you know, you'll, you know, you'll be really lost and not found. And that's something that I stick to all the time. So it's like, you gotta, you gotta give it a balance. And uh, I think that's important. You know, indeed, indeed. So the second track on the album is entitled Shine. And this is a word that I feel like has gotten tossed around in hip hop uh, quite a number of times, whether it's in the commercial sense, you know, where you see like the jewelry and the cars and the clothes and so forth, or even on internal sense uh, of being like your best self. From your own point of view, what does it mean to shine in 2021? Uh, Shine, Shine is definitely one of my favorite records. Um, For me, that song meant, like, uh, I was working on it for a little bit. Uh, I recorded the first verse and I think a little bit of the the hook in the song. Then I came back to it, I think, like excuse me, like a month later. But uh, overall, Shine, the idea of Shine and the song for me, it was more so like, oh, I see everybody doing their thing, but just wait till I get my turn. That was my my type of thing. Like, uh, you know, even being inspired and, and excited for other artists or other people, friends doing well, <clears throat> people dropping projects, just knowing that I'm creating mine while in the midst of just seeing other people drop theirs and listening to other music. And that song was just like, <clears throat> just me motivating myself. Just, just be patient. 
stay stay down, stay strong. Just realize like when you get your moment, make the best of it. And uh, and that was that's pretty much what what that song meant for me. It was more so like I just I just cannot wait to put this album out, you know. And I got to realize everybody got their season, and you know I was just preparing for mine, and uh, it was just a, a, a song and a you know just an idea that was really like motivational for me and just just to keep me going and and keep you know giving myself that push and that drive, knowing that you know once it's once it's my season, I'm gonna take advantage of it. That's what that meant for me. Talk to me about the production on the album. Uh, the I think. One of the biggest standouts of this album is the really dope, soulful production. Um, and there's jazz elements as well. Who is it just one producer or is it a combination of producers? Talk to me about how the production came to be and who's actually involved. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot of guys. Uh, uh, my guy, Mark Quayle, um, he he's an artist and producer mm-hmm. from uh he's from uh Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Mm. <clears throat> Very dope. Um he made uh time. Uh I got another guy that I really work closely with. Uh, his name is uh, Xander Miller. His producer name is Millwood. Mm. He's from uh Canada, Toronto, I believe, or Ontario. Forgot, but we talk every day. Um uh, he uh made a Dolph Swim, Picasso Blue. Thoughts from a Basquiat. He made those uh, two joints, um, and he did the dope. blue light night lights. He plays saxophone, piano. Um, very dope producer. He's only been making beats for like I think a year and a half or, or something like that. So definitely someone I discovered just from Instagram, and That's we built a relationship. Uh, who else? Uh, Romar Salas. He was a uh, feature on the Doll Swim, but he also executive produced the project uh just making things pop more and sound great he engineered it i recorded it at his studio uh feature form studios in chicago um and we put the you know we put everything together nicely mastered everything make sure everything sounded well um my one of my best friends glohan beats he made uh the interlude um he also has been you know been a friend and producer of mine since i've first started making music um who else we got dj Payne and zay scott uh, they both uh co-produced on the record of day job um i had another producer named uh yippy yeah yippy the producer he's from germany i believe mm-hmm. he made been away a guy i found him through like youtube or something like that when i was trying to um get back to just writing and find inspiration he made uh been away hughes and pray and uh, Shine was by uh, one of my long-term friends, uh, Keese. Um, he worked with, uh, he's worked with G Herbo, mm. a bunch of other guys. And Glohan worked with uh, Lil, Lil Uzi Vert and, and like Gucci Mane and Famous Dex and a few other guys in the past. Um, and I believe that's, yeah, I think that's everybody. So, yeah. You know what's so dope is the fact that that's a number of different producers and the album sounds cohesive in sound. And usually this is my opinion. Most of the albums that I really like. And I think most of the recent like classic albums that we talk about, 
these are all one producer albums and it, it says something for the music to still sound so cohesive you know even though you have this variety of producers contributing how were you able to get that sound to be so um cohesive and and work so well together from these different producers for this album uh time uh every day i still do that now um i think my process i'm not gonna say my process is weird but i think my process is just a little bit different i think from most people that i see um a lot of guys might write every single day or try to write every single day or or, uh, you know, record every day or whatever the case may be. My process is more so anytime I make music, songs, uh, projects, I always focus on production first. Um, for me, I think because I have a lot of confidence in knowing that once I write, I'm locked in 100 percent. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make sure that I make the best that I could I could, you know, I could make out of whatever I'm dealing with in my life. Um, and I always keep that in mind every day I wake up. Like any situation I go through, sometimes it's hard to, for me to write like a, a great song when I'm dealing with like depression or a bad day or whatever I got going on. But I never forget. Uh, and that's why I think when I when I finally am able to write, when I put a project together or a song, I basically it's like a summarization of what I've been going through. And I make sure that I try to add as much as detail as I can whatever I dealt with, you know, throughout the year. And it make writing easier, um, just knowing that every line could be, like, inspired by something, you know, I've dealt with. So first off, I start off uh, with production. Um, so I try to just get little different flavors from each guy that I know that might make beats or that's pretty dope. Um, for me, I feel like working with one, one producer is fine, but I also feel like it just makes the process much more fun, smooth, and easier when you hear different beat patterns, different right. types of styles and different types of influences from different guys. And you know, they all have the same amount of, you know, equal capabilities of making things that's, you know, um, connected to me, connected mm. to my sound. You know, we I all, think that's a, people, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I think that's a dope thing. Like the fact that you were able to find all producers that complement the sound that you're looking for, what you know what i'm curious to know is like how were you able to weed out like what tracks didn't fit the song the sound right because like i like i said everything sounds like they mesh you know like it doesn't feel like there's any beats on this album that feel out of place so i feel like you you had to put your executive producer hat on to a degree and I'm a little curious to know how you were able to piece everything together. Like, what songs did you say, you know what, that doesn't make sense, but this one works with this one, and, and you know, and, and, and this order comes together. Can you talk a little uh, bit about that yeah. process? Just going with the flow. Um, first was Day Job. I did Day Job. Mm -hmm. um, I went through, I believe I went through, like, three B-packs from Zay Scott and DJ Payne. Mm -hmm. um, that he sent collabs through the email. I went through like three B packs. Um, one of them was a sample. Uh, was a sample that uh, that's that was the same sample that Kanye used on the Drive Slow joint on yeah. late registration. Yeah. I had that in my file, but 
I had the day job joint and that one stuck to me. So after that, once I'm done with the pack, I move on. I find, I find, I just find for me, I think I find the best beat that I can find throughout the pack or best two. And I, I try to start on those. But sometimes it's not even about which one is better or which one is not. It's more so which one sticks to my heart the most. Right, resonates with you. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I still got to write. No matter how good the beat sound, I still got to come up with words that that's coming from uh, you know a, a, a real place, right. not just me just saying anything. So from that point on, I go from there. And you know, when it's time for me to work with other guys or whatever the case may be, I hit them up. Uh, like you know, you know, I want to work, or you know, do you have anything at the moment you 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 love for me to listen to? They think they uh they send what they what they send, and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking about a project. I'm thinking about putting a body of work, excuse me, a body of work together. So I already know in my mind, like okay, I got this. Now I want to try this different flavor. It's like a kid in the ice cream shop, like trying to make the the best Sunday ever, but. <laughs> They all got to have like, you know, some sort of compliment, you know, complimentary uh, aspect to each other. So I hear this type of style. Now I'm like, OK, what do I need next? OK. And, you know, it's like drawing. What do I need next? And I, I hit up the next guy, you know, beats that I love. I love. I'm like, OK. And I'm recording. I'm recording and writing. I hear this. And then I, I hit up somebody else. Oh, they got this element. They got a jazz element. I need I need this on the project. I want to, I need this type of sound. I need to wrap off this. And then as time goes on, I just started to kind of create. Um, in my mind, I'm already thinking that I want everything to, you know, coexist with each other. Mm. But at the same time, I always knew and still know now that, you know, that's always been my plan to have. You know, I feel like when you collaborate, I, I think it, it could create a, a dope, a dope feeling and a dope uh, experience, but you also obviously you got to make things mesh well together. So through through time, you know, months go by. I'm just still trying to craft and figure out what beats go together, and that's basically how I, how I made it. Um, I'm just looking for different styles and flavors because I'm thinking also from a listener perspective. You know, you never want to predict how an album goes. Uh, you kind of want it to be a little bit of a surprise, even if things do connect well together you know you want to track six you want to sp sp spice it up a little bit you know let me let them hit them with a different tempo to keep things going and really just to get people through the entire uh ride you know mm -hmm. it's kind of like watching a movie you know you have intro climax you know things like that and i think that's how i look at a project uh just for things to be in in one flow but they all kind of switch up a little bit and that's kind of how i i put my projects together from different beats definitely well said man so i want to go back to the track day job which you've spoken about a few times already uh it's one of my favorite tracks on the album the beat is so smooth and the topic is such a people relatable subject what would you say was the general message you wanted to get across in that song uh, you know, never, never let your, never let pride and ego be bigger than, um, your humility. You know, mm. I feel like, I feel like pride and ego hinders a lot, a lot of people, and it hinders, you know, hinders whoever lets lets it get the best of them. To be honest, um, you know, we all fall victim to that, victim to that. You know, at times, just as human beings, um, I just think that is important though to also realize, you know, you gotta. You got to kind of be realistic 
with yourself at times too. You know, I think that that uh, applies to growth and it helps you be the best person you could, you know, be overall. So for me, um, day job for me was more so just me trying to put my pride and ego aside. Um, Realize that in order for me to get where I need to go in life and, you know, my dream of being a musician that could fully live off of his art and also never, um, you know, never just trade in my, my value and the things that I believe in for a compensation, also making money off what I love to do, but being myself at the same time and just having full control of my ideas, you know, is the goal. But in order for me to get there, I still got to find ways to fund my career, still find ways to realize that, you know, I'm never, I'm never, ever, ever the number one person that has things figured out all the time and listening. Um, you know, my wife, my wife uh, really inspired that record, you know, I started writing this song based off a conversation we had and just heard, you know, just getting me out that mindset of not having too much pride to be able to do things that's going to help me take care of my family and help me take care of my career. And once I figured that out, that really just wrote the entire song. Um, mm. It's just for anybody that that's dealing with issues of trying to balance their aspirations with whatever their current situation is. And to get there, you know, we all got to have some sort of, uh, humility, you know, yeah. so that I was can dig that, hope. man. And, you know, I, I'm glad that you spoke about balance because often with a day job, which, like you said, you know, we, we you know, we got to have something to help us get us to where we want to be. And very often the day job is the thing that's taking care of the bills and taking care of the necessities, like keeping the lights on, you know, and, the income that you're getting from it, you know, in most cases is fu- is funding your dream, right? Uh, for a lot of people, I imagine. So I do want to also ask about like, um, like how have you been able to like utilize your time best away from the day job and plan for a desired financial future beyond it? Like, you know, cause the thing with a day job too is like a lot of us will end up getting caught up in that cycle and we won't even have time or create the time to focus on the thing that we also love to do. How were you able to, you know, still utilize it for what it is, what it's able to provide, but also keep your eye on the prize for your dream, you know, and, and putting, investing your time simultaneously, you know, on your dream or like when you got off from work and, and, and investing your time that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, I just realized like, man, it's like, I know work takes a lot out of you uh, mentally mm-hmm. um, waking up in the morning, you know, or whatever, what time, you know, people work, but usually waking up in the morning, um, trying to get ready knowing that at that time period, you know, you can't like sit down and write a song or work on art. Um, but I just keep that in the back of my mind, you know, at work, let me get through the day. Um, let me just stay focused, keep myself motivated. Uh, realizing that this is just a temporary moment in time in my life, but this is also going to help me get to where I need to go. Don't look at it as a bad thing. Don't look at it as a hindrance to my career. It's just, it's just an asset. You know, it's only helping me get to where I need to go. So when you connected in that way, 
then, you know, in my mind, I'm just thinking like, you know, once I get home, you know, I'm gonna do whatever I can to continue to stay consistent. Even if that's me getting on social media or finding times throughout the day at work or I'm at lunch or whatever the case may be, like, let me hop on social media real fast. Let me, uh, let me, let me hop on and communicate or respond back to fans or let me promote something real quick. And I even did that at school um, when I was in college. Like, I would be in a convenience store, but I would be promoting my song on Twitter. Like, just sitting in the convenience store, just promote while I'm in line. Like, just mm-hmm. even the little things matter. Right, like, right. Taking advantage of time. Yeah. Time that we don't even realize that matters. And for me, that's always been my uh, my plan and my strategy is to just try to make the most out of my 24 hours. Um, even if I get 30 seconds or a minute, I'm going to try to do whatever I can. If I got any downtime, I'm going to try to apply that to helping my career out. So I think it kind of, to me, even in that, in that sense, that's balance. Um, just doing whatever you can to be able to attain, um, you know, those dreams and just realizing that nothing could get in the way of it, no matter what I'm doing. You know, I could be booking 10 flights in a day, still going to try to find a way to, you know, execute and get further with my career. So, for me, getting off at work or whatever time I got, even off days or days that I do have work, I'm doing whatever I can. Even if I'm not writing, I'm thinking about ideas. I'm thinking about ideas for artwork or ideas that I have for uh, my rollout, my next one. Even though I ain't, I'm not even haven't even recorded anything yet or wrote <laughs> every single song yet. I'm just planning, 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 planning. And I feel like once you have just a great plan. Everything is just so much simpler when it's time for you to put the groundwork in. And, you know, planning is, is very important for sure. So I just do whatever I can when I got the time to. And that's how I live my life by, you know, I just make it, make it happen. You know? Dope, dope, dope. So I want to go back to the track Hoop Dreams, which I, I referenced earlier. And, and you kind of answered one of the questions I had for you in regards to that song when you talked about earlier, you know, your history hooping and then now turning to emceeing and, and, and rap. Uh, very often, a lot of kids in the, in the hood grow up either wanting to pursue rap or sports, right? Um, and I was just curious... Just from your perspective, and we'll just look at hooping for this question. Like, what do you think uh, has made so many young brothers in the hood so fascinated with becoming like professional basketball players or NBA hoopers? Um, I just feel like, to be honest, like <clears throat> besides basketball or just sports in general, just being like a cool thing, I feel like, uh, systematically that's just things that we just look at as our way to be you know successful even though we do have a lot more options to be successful in and things like that but i feel like to me from my from my perspective i feel like a lot of guys that you know grow up like us and especially african-american men growing up Mm -hmm. i feel like the reason why we lean towards like entertainment or sports um you know, most importantly, I be I think because um, it has the best of both worlds: uh, fight finances, um, a high level of opportunities with exceeding in finances, but also notoriety. Um, you know, growing up, we 
we don't really have that many options to be in positions where the world knows who we are or whatever yeah. the case may be. And also being looked down upon or in our neighborhoods, um, just just so much, you know, negativity that goes on, especially in Chicago. Like, you know, everyone has that dream of just wanting to be, you know, that person that everyone knows about and that feeling of getting over that hump of, you know, really trying to even not, you know, ever people knowing about you at all, you know, because of this, the things that we're up against. So I think those are just two things that, um, you know, people look at the most because of, like I said, just the two things that, that come with it. And, you know, we just, I just feel like, uh, you know, the TV and things like that, you know, just growing up as a kid, that's things that you just see, you know, um, and I, and I feel like it's nothing wrong with, with chasing a rap or a sports, but, you know, also just, you know, wanting to let the kids know that's growing up that you really could do whatever you want to do and never feel bad, um, never be held to a standard. Um, so much more to do outside of music and sports, but if that's something you love, then go for it. And, you know, I feel like we have a lot of successful black men in history that's done well in entertainment and it really helped like influence cultures. So yeah. I think it's important even to chase that if you want to. Yeah, man. I, I could dig it, man. And that was a great response, by the way. What made you dedicate this song, Pray, to women and sisters who've had to face hardship and challenges in their lives? Uh, Relatability uh, with my own life. You know, I know many, many women in my family, uh, people that I've met along the way, uh, you know, just in life, uh, even like old teachers that I had in middle school telling stories of like growing up and how, how it was just being, you know, black, black women. And even just me doing my research, um, and and history of, of, of black people, you know, um, there's just so many, so many women that, uh, been through situations where, you know, they were in control of or dealing with, with, you know, um, partners or sexual abuse or sexual assault or, um, so much, man, verbal abuse, you know, things like that. Um, and so much more like that's kind of what I had in mind. And, um, it was important for me to, you know, just kind of even talk about that, even if it wasn't specifically, but the overall, you know, general idea of, of what people go through, cause it's, it's real, you know? Yeah. And yeah. that's why it kind of has like a dark type of feeling to it. And I kind of wanted to make it like that just for, just to bring a different vibe. And I'm glad that I put that on there because I think it was able to show like just my my ability to talk about different topics that I, you know, I genuinely I generally might have not talked about as much on any other song I ever put out on the album. I think it also like showed my you know ability to just be able to tell just a different type of perspective that's not even my personal um, you know, situation, but it could be something that someone else is going through. But I think it was important to uh, speak on that. And I'm glad that it was like an album cut at the end, you know, um, something that I wanted people that really, that really, really, truly listen to catch that. So I'm yeah. glad you brought that record up for sure. Yeah, it's definitely one of those records that you could probably miss if you're not really listening. So, um, yeah, man, you, you, you have a lot of depth in terms of, you know, the different things you, you choose to talk about on the album. On the song, 
in the sun, you say you found God and he's knowing you well. Ain't been to church in a while, but you know you prevail. God knows you prevail. How have you been able to develop such a strong spiritual relationship with your God, despite, as you say, not being in church for a while? Yeah, um, that that was just me uh, just telling myself, you know, though I'm not perfect, um, I know I might not be the perfect um, person at whatever I do, because every day we make mistakes and, um, you know, uh, we just... We're still trying to figure life out. Um, I just feel like, for me personally, I feel like God still makes a way for me, makes a path for me within my life, no matter you know how perfect I am or whatever I do. Uh, you know, just me saying like, even though I haven't been as deep in my faith as I wanted to be, as I want to be, or I, genu- I you know genuinely just want to be overall in the future, like the perfect, perfect me. You know, no, every day I wake up, I'm going to make mistakes. I think I'm still get over that hump because I'm trying and putting effort in to be a, a good person and a better person. So I feel like, you know, that just applies to anything, even as a musician, as a person, as an artist, as a father, uh, you know, and as a, you know, even as a role model, you know, every day I'm not going to be able, um, even personally to myself, not going to be able to be, my best self every day, but as long as I keep that idea and that goal in mind, you know, I'm going to keep chipping away at it, you know, each and every day. So that record for me was just for me to continue to just realize, you know, um, that, you know, brighter days is, is always ahead, even no matter what I'm dealing with, even if I feel like everything is all over, I cannot keep, I can't stop, you know, I can't stop going because it's always going to be that light at the end of the tunnel, you know, so. It's kind of how I uh, thought about that. On the song, It Was Written, you say you've been back and forth with overthinking and you just learn to reason. How did you come to that realization of avoiding the overthinking and learning to reason instead? Man, because it's like I was watching. uh, It was it was. Actually, this was afterwards that I realized this, like, because J. Cole dropped the offseason back in, uh, excuse me, back in, uh, I believe, May. Mm-hmm. He put out the documentary and uh, for the offseason. And he was like, once you, once you, if you continuously, like, wait around for the inspiration, then once you start writing again, you start to overthink every single line. Mm. Not realizing, like, it's really not as deep as you think it is, but the fact that you take took so much of a long break from you know whatever you love to do, when you come back to it, everything feels like it's, it's not good enough. And I feel like for me, I was just trying to tell myself like, you know, that the whole overthinking phase is difficult, and we still do. You deal with it. You know, sometimes you're just gonna run into it as a as a creative, but you just gotta realize, man, like you kind of gotta push yourself. Uh, you know, through the process. And for me, I just knew like, you know, it's been a back and forth battle with with me just um just overanalyzing everything I was doing. But I just gotta realize, man, as long as I put my best foot forward, the best is gonna come out of whatever I make because it came from a real and genuine and you know vulnerable vulnerable place. So um I did that and I kept myself on the schedule. 
I pushed myself every song, whatever I did, no matter how great or bad it was. I just knew, like, man, I just got to be 100% just authentic with what I'm doing. And, you know, I kind of – I definitely pushed myself self for sure, made, made sure that I, I got this song done by this time or get this done by this time, put myself on the schedule. I wrote everything out on what dates I wanted to get things done, mixed, mastered, cover art need to be done by this time, album, shoots need to be done by this time, blah, blah, blah. And it's like once you – value uh, organization and you stay organized that overthinking just starts to just fall to the wayside because everything you got you know in order is, is like more like a, a clear a clear vision a clear path and it kind of helps you just keep going because you already know that you got yourself at the end of the day because everything now is organized your thoughts is not clouded anymore and that's basically what i did just kept myself on the schedule and overthinking went away Dope, dope. Let's talk about this word time, which is the title of the second to last track on the album. How have you been able to utilize your time best during this pandemic towards the success of your music career? Um, shoot, I just, for me, I've been making the most out of my time with uh, just balancing uh, like I said, uh, just balancing uh, my time with my wife and my daughter, my time with uh, friends, my time with my music, time when I, you know, want to be social and when I just want to be to myself, <laughs> time with myself, to be honest. Um, that's very important for sure. Um, and, you know, work life, uh, family, um, and just everything. Uh, I think, I think, that's important uh, and even times where I just take time to just pray, take time to thank God for where he got me, take time to realize how far I've, be, I've came in my life. Sometimes I take time away from even thinking about the future all the time, man, just thinking about now, thinking about the times where, you know, God get, got me through situations in the past where I didn't even think I would ever get out of. Um, and just reminiscing on the past um, and re reminiscing on those days where, you know, I thought everything was all over. I thought I was going to give up, thought I was going to quit. Uh, and that just keep me going now. And, you know, you just got to take time away and take time to do things as well. And, you know, time is very important if you use it right. So that's how I look at it. Definitely. I think you saved the best for last with the final track. Picasso Blue and Thoughts from a Basquiat. Such a strong track to close the album with, by the way. I really like the jazzy, soulful beat change-ups on the song, like how you change up the beats. And I wanted to ask you, like, how were you able to find such captivating beats and get them to transition from one to the other so seamlessly on that track? Uh, I got those beats, <clears throat> yeah, from Xander Miller, uh, Millwood, production name. Uh, I had those beats for a while. I had them in, like, the summer. Mm. Um, so I had them saved on my uh, phone. I just went back to them. And uh, 
I don't know, man. I, I, I honestly can't even explain how did that become an outro because the the second half of Picasso Blue, I didn't I actually wasn't I thought about using no actually I had it. I had it in mind. I never wrote to it or did anything, but I just had it in, in mind for so long. Like, man, this sounds like this needs to be out like on an outro, mm. but I just never did anything with it. Then the first half of Picasso Blue, um, I uh, I didn't plan on using it at first, but then I kept playing it again. One time I got off my IG Live and I was just playing beats that I was thinking about writing to. I played the Hoop Dreams beat on my IG Live as well. This was way before the album came out, just to see what people were thinking, because sometimes you be in your own head too much, and it might be a brilliant idea, but right, you man. might throw it and trash it. But everybody on my live saying fire, I'm like, cool, I got to use it then. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. It's giving me the feeling that I want to show people that what my true sound is, you know, because this album was an introduction for me to, you know, the world. Um, so um, I did that. So the Thoughts of a Basquiat title was a title I wrote down two years ago. And I was playing like a jazz beat off uh, YouTube. This was like when I was in college. And I'm like, man, I need to use that title for something one day. It just sounds, it just sounds good. <laughs> and I love uh I love Basquiat, like paintings and art as well. Like I'm very, very into that. So just kind of had those ideas in mind. And one day I'm upstairs in, in my house and and playing beats on the speaker, trying to see how things sound, you know, a little bit louder. And and I, I played those two, and for some reason, I just put them both together. I started writing to both of them. I started putting them together, and they they matched, I believe, because it was so much saxophone um, instrumentation in, in both beats. And yeah. I kind of wanted – I definitely needed – yeah, I needed more jazz on the album. I had a lot of soulful sounds and things of that nature. But, yeah, I wanted to close it out with – I think I – yeah. I needed more jazz on the album, so – with those two tracks, those are two different kind of uh, jazz feels. So I put them all both together because I knew like this would be one big major like jazzy type of feel. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's that's exactly what I, I wanted to do. Um, I thought both of them together just mesh well because you wouldn't get tired of you know hearing it once you played it again. It was very soothing. It also gave me an opportunity to switch my flow up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of how I kind of rap straight through uh, on a beat, the the first verse. Um, and then the second half, I kind of tried to put a hook. And uh, yeah, I just, I kind of, I, I was, I feel like that song was probably one of my best, my strongest records with songwriting because I truly, truly, truly like wrote that from the heart. And also I feel like it was to me, in my opinion, I, I love every song on the rec on the album, but I feel like that one is the strongest in my opinion um, because it just showed my ability to be able to, uh, you know, truly write like from a perspective where it's just you could actually feel it. That was the last song I wrote on the album as well. So even in that sense, thinking about it now, I realize like you could kind of see my growth from songwriting and rapping through the album. Cause at the end, I, things just sounded so much polished because I finally got that clarity of the entire idea, and I kind of just combined it and talked about everything, basically summarized, um, you know, that journey throughout the whole album on the, on the last track. Mm -hmm. So, 
Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a powerful track. So I want to actually talk about Picasso Blue. So the Picasso Blue portion of the track, you say sometimes he's feeling worthless, unappreciated for his work and all this art that ish hurts. How do you best overcome the moments when you feel like your music is not having the success that you would like it to have? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I just think, you know, overall, uh, from that line, that was that was basically saying, like, how, you know, just as an artist in general, like, when especially when you're on the come up and you don't have access to be able to get your uh, your art and your sound in front of the world, really, you know? Cause especially when you, like guys that's artists that's a part of record labels or whatever the case may be, they have more leverage and, and you know, labels have more control and leverage to get the music to the forefront. Just like when you go into a convenience store, what is the first thing you see on a rack when you open up and you go to the beverages? You see Sprite. You see, uh, you know, Gatorade or whatever the case may be, but you got certain things that you don't even pay attention to at the bottom. You know, you only see what you see at the forefront, at the top, or when you at Walmart, you see the the biggest brands. You know, got their own section sometimes. You know, and that's kind of how this the music thing is. You know, you have mainstream uh, music at the forefront every Friday when a big major mainstream artist comes out. Everyone knows about it. Everyone is looking forward to it. They get notifications on the phone, mm -hmm. seeing ads or whatever the case may be. Um, people talking about it, word of mouth. But when you're an upcoming artist trying to get your art out there, and especially when you're fresh and new in the game, it, you know sometimes it could mess with you a little bit when you know you're putting your best foot forward. You're putting like ideas together that just imagine if the whole world figured out what I'm making. They would be like, man, that's a classic, or that was that's one of my top five projects of the year. But since everyone doesn't know you yet, it'll kind of mess with your mind a little bit when you knowing that you putting art together that if the world, the entire world figured it out, you would probably really be in like a, a better position. But it's also just a realization for me that you know it's okay to feel that way, but just realize, man, like keep going. If you keep the same effort up. When the when the world figures it like figures it out, man, you gotta realize it's the catalog that you put out 10, 5, 10 years ago is still gonna be fresh and new to to new a new audience. Still gonna be there, and you gotta realize that. And it's like it's the same idea of like the world. Some of the world's greatest painters didn't even get like million dollars, a million dollars worth of their art until they passed away. <laughs> so many. It, like so many creative like uh, painters of like all time in history that I've read about uh, that didn't even make a, a real like dime off anything they wow, made until crazy. the world figured it out and, and passed passed away. So I just look at it like that, man. It's like you could create all this art, but if everyone doesn't know about it, sometimes it, it plays with your mind. But it's just about appreciating the people that that, that is checking it out, and I feel like. Through time, things will continue to elevate. Is if as long as you you keep that that uh you know that the effort in it. So indeed, on the thoughts from a Basquiat portion of the final track, you talk about your love and appreciation for your wife and family. 
How has the support of your wife and family benefited your success in your music career? Um, it's everything. Uh, I feel like that's what it, that's what that's what I embody. You know, like even even thinking about like on some like superhero stuff, like Superman, Batman, or whatever. Like <laughs> I wear my family on my chest, man, for real, because. I feel like without them, I wouldn't be um, where I'm at. I wouldn't be as driven. I feel like I became even more driven just having more responsibilities. And, you know, it comes with its good and bad, but for the most part, it's a positive thing. Um, it gives me joy and peace when I don't want to think about music at all or even just dealing with life problems. You know, it's, it's my safe haven, my family, my wife and my daughter. So um, to me, I... It means the world, and for me to talk about that um, was was just a great feeling. And really talking about real life situations, um, and I just feel like without them, I wouldn't I wouldn't even be as motivated as I am to keep going and just realizing like you got people there for you when when you not might might not be having the best month or year or day or whatever the case may be. So I think family is important, and I feel like everyone needs someone in their corner to uh, just just help them get through through the phases, man, because every day is not going to feel the same, man. Sometimes your mind even trick you to, into thinking that uh, you losing or whatever the case may be. But when I'm with my family, I feel like I'm winning, winning all the time, man. So, you know, I think it's important to shed a light on, on that. That's wonderful, man. Listen, D2X, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. It's been a pleasure speaking to you about this awesome record that you have out. I, I feel like the Color Blue album is like a grand introduction to you as an artist. It, you know, it kind of leads me to think, like, where do you go next for an album? Like, how do you even top this one? <laughs> like, so what What are your plans for next steps? Like, what are your thoughts on where you want to take it to kind of up the ante or you know, take it up a, 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 a notch in terms of albums moving forward? Uh, For me, it's just uh, continue continue to do what I've been doing. Uh, like I said, right, right from a real place. Uh, take my time. Don't mm -hmm. rush. Right, right. Learn from my mistakes. One thing I've been doing lately is, like, I haven't, I haven't played the album in full in a while. Kind of been letting everybody else just take what they what they can from it uh i still play it sometimes but i'm like i've i've used it for a little bit of time since you know it's been out to kind of learn from the things that i could get better at and even from just overall the music so i've already i'm already like in the process of working on my next next one um very early stages right now but like it's gonna be crazy like i'm I feel like the number one thing I'm focusing on besides just just overall just having everything up to par, but production is one thing that I want to uh, even level up on. And I feel like it's already happening. So um, it's going to be exciting, man. I feel like I just want to continue to to go on a run with putting good uh, projects, good work together. And I feel like the people and the listeners and everything else is just going to come come along the way if I just continue to just do what works for me and, um, and also just continue to expand in, in that, that aspect. So 
think it's gonna be amazing in the next one. I, I'm really, I really can't like wait. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I know it take time, but I'm as a listener, as a fan of even just listening to my own stuff. It's like I'm very, very excited to see uh, what happens next. But I'm definitely uh, planning on um, putting a new one together and, and see what happens from there. How soon do you expect the new album to come? Is are we looking at 2022 or is it beyond next year? Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna like put a date on it, but mm-hmm. I could see next year. Okay, but if not, it'll probably. Be, if not, it'll be two 2023 for sure. So yeah, and um, I feel like but this... I definitely on next year though. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I dig it, and I feel like this album still. Like it's still growing, right? Like, yeah. and, and and you're you're getting a lot of people recognizing this album. So even if you did wait till 2023, that's totally fine because I think this album is definitely worthy of growing. You know, step by step throughout even entire next year. So, yeah, man, thank you so much for chatting with me. Uh, before we get out of here, do you want to let the folks know where they can find you, your social media, your website? Where can they keep connected with you and, and find, uh, you know, updates about your music? Yeah, you can find me on, uh, first off, you can find me on Instagram at D2X and four underscores after the X. You can find me on Twitter at D2X underscore underscore. Uh, on all streaming platforms, just look up D2X. You'll find me, um, guy with the blue hoodie, <laughs> and uh, artist profile. Um, yeah, I'm on everything: Bandcamp, Spotify, Apple Music, um, uh, Title, Audio Mac, uh, Amazon, Pandora, everywhere. Uh, and, Do you, you have know, a website where they can like get, like they can go to this one portal and and find all of those different social media? Sites? Yeah, no, not at the moment. Okay. Uh, I had my website up, but I had took it down. Okay, um, no doubt. Just trying to rebrand and get really get like a a, a better uh, a better out, out outlet for it. Mm-hmm. So, what's your Twitter? Get... What's your Twitter and your IG handle again? Yeah, uh, Twitter is at d two x underscore underscore, and mm-hmm. uh, Instagram is at d two x four underscores. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah. So I plan on getting my website up uh, once I uh, get the vinyls uh, set. So dope, dope, dope. Listen, man, it has been a pleasure chatting with you, man. And like, I, I, I could see like things only getting better for you, man. Like, for this to be your debut album and for it to have this kind of impact, that's a big deal, man. So continue to stay consistent. And like you say, man, stay true to yourself. I I firmly believe that when we're true to ourselves, we offer like really great value. We offer the value that we were intended to give on this planet, in my humble opinion. So um, yeah, continue to do that. And yeah, take your time with it. I, I I do believe that when you take your time and you just do it the right way, it uh, often yields some really great responses. So, man, I wish you all the best on the next steps. 
And uh, to our audience that's listening, I thank y'all for tuning in. Make sure y'all go to the website, outtheboxmedia.com, where you can find access to all of our previous episodes. And go check my man's D2X out, you know, uh, on his social media platforms. You said it's at D2X underscore underscore for Twitter, right? Correct. And uh, it's at D2X four underscores. Yeah. (laughs) Underscore, 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 underscore for Instagram. Yeah, somebody else got my name, man. (laughs) Yo. I think once they put that underscore... Yeah. They'll begin to see you and you know, but yeah, man, this new album, The Color of Blue, is out right now. It's on all your digital streaming platforms. Go get that. Go check that out. You know, uh, and it's on Bandcamp so they can support yeah. you directly there too and purchase it if they would like, man. You know, I love what Bandcamp is doing and what they are able to do for the artists, man. So um, yeah, man, that's dope that your project is on there as well. And like I said, man, till next show, uh, look for a new episode. I'm, I'm determined and I'm very hopeful that I'll get to the 100th episode before the year is up. So thank y'all for rocking with me. Till our next video, I want to say peace, love, and light. Stay focused, stay healthy, stay safe. We are out of here. Peace. All right, man. <laughs>